Hey, what's going on, Purpose People? We want to welcome you to our Path to Purpose podcast, man. I'm your host, Dustin Robinbark, and with me, as always, Mr. A.J. Howard. Say what's up, A.J. What's up, world? Hope everybody out there is having a moto-go kind of day, baby. Absolutely. Let's go. Now, the purpose of this podcast is to let everybody listening to this thing know that it's not that deep. And when I talk about it, I'm talking about life. Everybody wants to wonder what their calling is. What is their purpose? Listen, guys, your purpose is where God has placed you right now for impact, and you are thankful through obedience. So I need you to tune in. I need you to open your ears, and I need you to listen up. And more than that, I need you to keep that let's go energy. And always got to have that mo to go energy. Look, it's time to get right, get live, and get with it. All right, AJ, how we doing tonight? Oh, man, we're good. It's uh, kickoff eve, as we call it, man. Uh, Friday night football starts tomorrow for the Houston Academy Raiders and a lot of the local area teams. I actually think Dothan High is playing tonight. Um, so it's that time of year, man. There's about to be a lot of church discussions about uh, college football, Roll Tide Roll, War Eagle. You ain't going to speak to that uncle who likes the rival team for three months, you know, Got to love it in the South, though, baby. Ain't nothing like it. Listen, man. So my wife and I, we're starting a uh, a young adults ministry, a young adult small group at our church at uh, South Point. So um, it's it's starting in a couple weeks. I think we got I think it's uh, the 6th, September 6th, I think is when we're kicking it off. And um, I invited I was talking to a group of guys at the church the other night and I was like, hey, man, I want you and your spouse. I want I want. I want y'all to come. I want y'all to be a part of this. I said, yes, uh, I will be making fun of your football team. So just be prepared for that. So, <laughs> you know, uh, it's getting that season, man. We're getting that buzz in the air. I'm excited. Oh, man, at practice today, it was funny. You know, it's been scorching hot. And it's, you know, the Lord, the, the good Lord pl playing with us, man. He's just showing him, like, the kids, they were dragging. All the coaches are like, man, it's so hot and thirsty. Like we do Thursdays differently, uh, HA, as opposed to a lot of other schools, because Thursday we, we're not in full pads, but we're in shells, which is your shoulder pads, your girdle on your helmet. And it's contact. Um, so, you know, most other schools on Thursday, it's just like, a, you know, shorts and helmet, pop around for an hour and go to the house, man. And then we power clean after practice. So uh -huh. Thursday's a work force, um, but there towards the end of the field work, uh, about the last 10 minutes, man, there was just this steady, cool breeze. And I looked at one of the other coaches. And I was like, football's in the air, man, because that's that's what everybody's looking forward to, that high of, you know, 72. And then at night having a fire in the backyard, you know, grilling out with family and friends. And I'm one of them cats, man. I'll stay up and I'll watch, you know, uh, Oregon State and Hawaii play, um, you know, at 1130 at night. Uh, just it's a full day of it for me. Um, but man, it is an exciting time, man. I'm just happy to see people getting excited about something. And, you know, football season, they always perk up. It's like, it's kind of a normal, you don't hear doom and gloom as much as you do when they ain't got nothing to watch on TV. The boys of fall, man. I'm ready. I'm That's ready. It. So, so, yeah. uh, I went and spoke to, um, Ufala, uh, the other day and, and, you know, 
Uh, you know Coach Jernigan. And so Jernigan and Troy Trojan Goat, baby. Yeah, shout out, man. Yeah, I told him you said you said hello. But listen, they got like a nice, I mean, they got like an indoor like field and it's 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 off the chain, but their AC wasn't working right, bro. Man, Jarrell probably cut the cord, man. He's crazy. Probably. Like, bro. <laughs> he, he probably said snap, but I go I go in, man, and I go in to speak. And, you know, when I talk, man, when I talk to kids, like, I go in. And so when I got done, man, my shirt was soaking wet. I go out. I get in my truck. Bro, my AC starts just jacking up on me, man. And so I'm having problems with my AC in my truck. I just came out from speaking. I'm like, now's not the time bro and he follows a ride to your neck of the woods yes. cause over there <laughs> yeah man so yeah dude so it's been um a, a great week everybody's excited about the things to come whatever it is man a lot going on in people's life a lot going on in people's world man i've been just talking to a lot of people and and you're right i'm excited just to see people get excited about something just yeah. let's can can we get some smiles about something, man? And so with that, you, you know, you told me you kind of had an idea that you wanted to talk about on the pod. So I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it over to you, let you let you lay it out, and we'll get we'll get kicked off. Sounds good, man. Appreciate it, Dustin. Uh, yeah, man. I was working out the other morning, and uh, I was actually on the stair stepper, and I was sitting there messing with the controls on it, and it kept getting stuck. And I was like, man, you just like, ah, you get aggravated. And I'm like, well, on to the next one. So I moved to the next machine and it wasn't working. And the next machine, the stair stepper, wasn't working. So I'm like, man, I tried this three times. I'm going to have to get on the treadmill, bro. And I hate running on a treadmill. I would rather jog from Dothan, Alabama, down 52 East in scorching hot heat, down that big healing web, up the big healing web, down 52 four lane, out to Columbia, Alabama, and then run on a treadmill. That I is just my rather decision. I'd rather sit in a nice chair than do <laughs> any of that. So yeah. And so I was like, man, you know, it's you you get mad when you know things are out of your control, but the most life hack you can have is understanding control what you you know, don't let something you can't control have control over you. And, you know, a lot of that, bro, goes to your mental game, your mental health, uh, how you think about things and letting thoughts and emotions control you over actually stepping back and looking at the perspective. Because at the end of the day, I still got my same workout in. It just wasn't exactly how I wanted it. So therefore, I didn't let the fact that the stair stepper was down and I had to do the treadmill hold me back from getting my work done. I still took control of the situation. And I feel a lot of people out there, man, I get to talking to them, um, you know, in the gym and, you know, just running the trail and stuff. And a lot of people feel like they have no control um, over their life and especially control over their mental game, man. And I, you know, I tell people it's no different than sports, man. The more you practice something, the better you get at it. Um, and a lot of people, you have to practice that control and self-control, man. And a lot of folks get out of whack when there's stuff that happens beyond their control and they like, oh my God, man, they're pressing, pressing. I'm like, you can't control that, man. You can't get upset that you got a practice plan. And here comes a 
you know, southeast Alabama, early August, severe thunderstorm warning that was not on the radar. You can't freak out. You look at what's going on. We ain't got to cancel practice. We can go inside the weight room and do stuff. The lower gym's open. And man, don't let stuff that you cannot control take power away from you getting the process done. Um, and that's kind of when I reached out to you, man. I'm like, there's so many aspects with the word control, with stuff we talk about with leadership, self-development, mental health, um, you know, spiritually, bro, that, you know, a lot of times, man, people just need to recenter and regain control and understand that it may not be your plan A, but because you have a plan B, you still have control, man. You're not losing in life. You know, what you're talking about resonates with me because I'm a... Uh, I'm a I'm a high I and and I'm a high D and and it's like when it's when it's time to go like like high eyes they generally have like a big personality when they're in the right environment and all of that and they're surrounded by people and all of that but also there's that high D side of myself that's like very geared towards something that's very driven that's very on the go and I really struggle with this, AJ. Like, I really struggle with things. I, I struggle with not getting too bent out of shape with things I can't control because I have I have a direction I want to go. I have a place that I want to go. I've got a, a, a lot of irons in the fire. And when things start to get haywire, I can find myself panicky, bro. I can find myself um, quickly in a spiral right? If I don't know how to engage control in my life, if I don't know how to listen, right? If I don't know how to listen to the people that I've put in my life. So I have, this is very important for somebody. I think, I think somebody needs to hear that they need to be positioned for failure. And, and what I mean by that is expecting it, expecting things to happen, expecting things to go wrong. I position myself in expectation that I'm going to screw something up. And by being positioned, I have people, I have boundaries, I have things in place for when I mess up, bro. I have people that I trust that I know will speak into that situation and will tell me, Dustin, you're drifting off to the left, man. That's not where you want to go. That's not where you want to be. That's not your lane, right? And I think a lot of times we surround ourselves with people and with ideologies and with and 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 not even surround ourselves. A lot of times we isolate ourselves with these thought patterns and all of these different things. And so control, man, is huge. And in the moments that I'm really struggling with those things, man, I try to I, I try to reach out to those boundaries, those people, man, that I have around me. Yes, man. You got to have a tight, close, you know, accountable inner circle, man. And, you know, when you got good friends in your life, mentors, whatever it may be, family members, uh, co-workers, um, you know, man, when, when you're able to reach out to folks and they can kind of rein you back in, um, I, I think I see it in the coaching profession, man. You know, a lot of us coaches lean on each other, um, you know, especially I'm very fortunate, man. I'm, I'm on a staff where we have five former head football coaches um, uh, and, you know, they're, they're a few years older than me, um, but they have so much wisdom um, as far as like 
coach life balance. Um, and I'm very blessed in the sense I'm able to hear it. They tell me, hey, man, when I was your age, I was so caught up in this lane. Don't put this up on a pedestal because as a young coach that's gung-ho, it's easy to just boom and you look around and you miss out on so much more of your life. You forget the last time you called your mama, which is funny because me and you talked about that stuff this summer when it was just wide open. Um, It's like they tell me stuff that they wish they wouldn't have done instead of like, this is what you need to do, which to me is more insightful um, and, you know, a blessing from them um, and giving me life lessons because it's like, hey, bro, I did it this way. Don't do it how I did it. I'm not telling you what you need to do. I'm telling you what you don't need to be doing um, kind of perspective, man. And that's huge. You know, and I and I don't want to be too deep with it. Like like there are some people, you know, if you got a brain, man, you know, if the people around you are solid. Right. You know, you know, you know, if there are people around you that's giving you good advice or giving you silly advice uh, or or just plain not even worthy of advice. And so um, but but, you know, when you when you set your mind to accomplish something, this is this is the path to purpose podcast for a reason. Like we want to help someone take their life to the next level. If you set your mind to working out, if you set your mind to financial stability, if you set your mind to getting a raise, if you set your mind to staying through thick and thin with your wife, right? Through all of that stuff that that transpired, if you if you are setting your mind to whatever that is, man, there is going to have to be a level of control in your life because if there is not, man, we're just wishful thinking at what at whatever we're going after because at the end of the day without control I, I remember my boy Lance man and I go back to what he said all the time like I remember he told me or, or said in a podcast he said he said there is freedom inside of discipline man and one of those key principles in discipline is control and so you mentioned earlier there's some different forms of control and stuff like that. So, so what what does control mean in your world, AJ? What does control what does control look like? Man, to me, when you know, I think about my buddy Jamie. That's you know the the dialed in bodybuilder man. He's like four or five weeks out from his first show, and uh, that that's one thing. You know, he was always talked about being intentional in everything that you do in life gives you control over your life. Um, So for me, man, it's like, you know, you want to control your time, um, control your lifestyle. Um, You obviously, you know, self-control. But for me, I think the biggest thing, me personally, that I've really tried to hammer down and take control of is uh, my thought patterns and my thought process, man. Um, Just on the day-to-day uh, you know, life. And, you know, I was bad, man. I'd worry about the future, obviously, like with my sister, um, you know, like routinely, man, I would wake up in the middle of the night, just like, man, if something ever happened to my mama, um, we got a plan for my sister, but it's like, bro, it's, it's a little different responsibility than a lot of the people. I mean, people understand it, but they're not living it. Um, they're like, oh, you know, AJ's family's got Taylor and I'm sure that's going to be hard, but they're not in these shoes, man. They're not 
you know, having to think about that possibly happening uh, in-house um, and, you know, just stuff like that. But man, I, just over the last probably four or five weeks, it's just been like, number one, that's just that's just the power of faith. Um, whatever happens down the road one day, God's already got it planned out for me. I'm going to be in whatever position I need to be in, whatever profession I need to be in to where hopefully before anything happens to anybody, I can just look at my moms and be like, Taylor's good. You're good. Just got to keep showing up, man. And I, I, to me, taking control of my thoughts has given me um, not, I wouldn't say motivation, but more motivation, more peace, because I'm not letting my mind wander on me to a defeated self-image, to a defeated mindset of like, oh, victim, woe is me. Um, really controlling it, man, gives you a renewed sense of hope because you understand you got control over your mind. You got control over your body. You got control of your life, man. And if you got control over them three things, you ahead of a lot of people in this world, man. So as part of life coaching, man, we've got a couple little tricks that we try to talk about and, and teach, you, you know, clients that I'm, that I'm working with. And one in particular one that I'm, that I'm talking with, um, a couple of things that we're going through right now is a renewal of the mind. We're talking mm. about just renewing the mind and renewing the heart. But what happens in life is that we're all creatures of habit. And a lot of times um, when we want to change a habit, um, it's hard because we're, we're, we're locked into it. And so there's got to be something. There's got to be a notification, a ding, if you will. I, I, I use the cell phone analogy. It's good about giving you a notification, a ding right in the middle of, you know, the worst times. But you've got to have like a, a notification that that hey something's got to change here so there's there's moments where we let our emotions get the best of us where we're feeling um you know alone and we step into a bad decision with someone we shouldn't be with but we know or we we we're we're feeling angry so we let our words slip and we talk to someone uh uh out of pocket like we normally wouldn't or you know, um, many different things can happen. These triggers, I call them. And so we got to have a way. To me, self-control is having a notification that something is off inside of you in a way to turn that. And something that I'm, I'm working with this particular client with is I said, I want you to think of a time. Think of a time. I said, this is your, this is your homework. We'll come back in a week and we'll recap this. I want you to find a time because I asked him when was a time in his life he felt really powerful, like powerful. I said, when was a time you felt powerful, totally energized, totally confident and utterly loved? He couldn't answer. Him. That's a tough. Those are tough questions to kind of yeah. answer on the fly. OK. And so I said, you got a week. Give me give me a week. I need you to really think about these. So I came back in a week. And he told me about a time he felt really powerful, totally energized and totally confident and utterly loved. Now, Navy SEALs will use little tricks like this to kind of reset their minds and get them back in a thought pattern of back when they were in basic training or when they were doing some kind of crazy survival training and they can get back in that mindset. But I told him, I said, here's what I want you to do. 
I said, I want you to take your thumb and your index finger, and I just want you to rub them together, man. I just want you to rub them together. I said, we're going to do this for 15 seconds. I said, I want you to think about a time when you were really powerful. And he began to do this exercise and he was rubbing his thumb and his index finger. And he was telling me about this time when he felt really powerful. Bro, I felt the whole demeanor of his voice shift. Uh, His face changed. Everything about him shifted to what felt like a very confident, bold man. And so uh, then I asked him to talk about a time when he felt totally energized, just ready to go. World, here I come. And we did the same exercise for 15 minutes. We did that, I mean, 15 seconds. We did that for totally confident as well and utterly loved, man. When was a time like right now in your frustration and you're feeling alone and you feel like the world's against you? Like, when have you felt utterly loved and you do that? And so just little tricks like this, I think, could really go in a book. They're super practical, AJ. Like, when we're talking about control, there has to be something besides just shut your mouth, boy. You know, don't do it. Like, something has to be able to... Um, trigger or notify us that we don't feel right, how can I get back in that mindset? And I just wanted to share that real quick and say, hey, man, you know, there are some real practical things we can do to control our anger. Like there's some things that we can do to control our loneliness, because at the end of the day, those feelings you feel, I'm not negating them. I'm not taking them away. Those feelings are real to you. That does not mean that they actually are what is taking place. That doesn't mean that it really is how you see it. It just means those feelings are real to you. Now we got to shift that mindset to be able to take control and get what we ultimately want. Yes, man. And that is a golden nugget of knowledge right there, bro. That is, that is so true. I, I, I was, uh, it's funny you bring that up. I was doing a pitching lesson last night and, uh, the kid, man, he probably, I think he's 11. Uh, so he's, he's been doing travel ball. Um, but he's, you know, first real year of kids pitch and, Great arm, you know, for a kid his age, you can tell he can he can get it done. Mechanics are solid. Um, and I looked at his dad after about 10 pitches. I said, dude, he doesn't breathe before he delivers the baseball. And he was like, what? I said, yeah. I said, in college uh, and, you know, few pitching coaches I've had in my career, they wouldn't even talk about like the balance, the power position, arm slot. They would literally be like, do you breathe? I'm like, well. Yeah, I'm alive, ain't I? I think I'm breathing. You're like, you don't breathe when you go deliver the ball to the plate. That's why your muscles are tight. That's why, you know, you're like a bull in a china shop. You're wide open. Ah, And I was like, whoa. And when I started understanding, when I come set with the baseball, inhale, exhale, deliver the pitch. When I was doing that in rhythm and locked in, bro, it was them 17, 18 strikeout games. Boom, 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 boom. 
when I felt like I couldn't throw water and or throw a ball and hit the Gulf of Mexico, it's because I wasn't breathing. I wasn't slowing down the process. I was accelerating my thought process. So I was tensing up my muscles, accelerating the process. And man, I learned a lot about life through just playing sports, little things like that, because it's all relative. You think about it, man. It's like, when you're stressed and pressed in life, little practical things like rubbing your fingers together, thinking about when you were powerful and loved. And it comes down to a simple when things are spiraling, man, when you're on the mound and the bases are loaded and the opposing teams talking about your mama and, you know, telling you you suck. And we see why your ERA was 98.99 and ha ha, whatever. If you just step off the mound, inhale, exhale and breathe deliver the pitch success is going to come and it's a lot like life man when the wheels are spiraling you know and you're worried about things that you can't control take a step back pause breathe in breathe out go live life go execute um because you have all the ability to do that within you your mind your perspectives just off and your thoughts have controlled you and you always got to let your mind be stronger than your emotions and your feelings bro but aj what do you do to the kid who's on the mound that's been told his whole life that he's special. What do you tell the kid that's on the mound that's been told his whole life that he's a standout and all of that. And, and he's so locked in that he does not see his own character flaw or his own, his own issue or his own struggle. What do you say to that kid, man? That does not want to hear, really. He wants to hear what Coach Howard says because ultimately Coach Howard's got to say. Ultimately, Coach Howard's got to say if he's going to pitch, if he's going to get to start. But but, but what do you say to that kid, man, that really just, that really just doesn't, doesn't believe in all of that? Man, I, you know, I have a saying, I tell kids all the time and I apply it to life and, you know, a lot of everything. I always tell them, I'm like, bro, you're good. You're good. You're a great baseball player. You're a great football player. You're a great kid. Family's great. I said, but here's the, here's the thing about life. And it's, it's not just sports, it's life. And if you, if you think about it, man, you can apply it to anything. You're never as good as you think you are but you're never as bad as you think you are either. That's good. And That's good. When I tell kids that it's it's like look, when you're struggling and you feel like you suck and you feel like why did I why am I even out here? Um I just want to quit. You're not that far off from fixing it. So on the flip side of that, when you think you're really killing it and you're really good, I'm like, dude, you're just one bad outing away from being average you're one pitch away from blowing up your tommy john um so you got to be have a level-headed mindset man you got to enjoy your successes but you can't sit there and chest bump and think that you're just god's gift to baseball or football or life because adversity is gonna come and you're gonna be tested and you're gonna have to be able to control things when stuff's not going your way and you can't just wave the white flag and be like i quit at life you know, as you li- and I tell kids all the time, I'm like, bro, you may have struggled at the plate today, but you ain't struggling in life. You ain't live long enough for that. Like when you 
in your mid thirties, man. And, you know, you get laid off your job and you got mouths to feed and you got, you know, Freeze. a wife I've been just, there. just comes up to you and says, I don't want to do this no more. And you're like, what? Like, and she just takes the kids, packs her bags and goes stays at her mama's house for, you know, four, five, six, seven months. And doesn't it like life's gonna, or you have a kid that gets a sickness, man, that you knew nothing about and you got medical bills piling up or, you know, you may lose a loved one or whatever. You know what I'm saying, bro? Like I tell these kids, bro, like you may be going through a slump. You may have had a bad Friday night, but if you live long enough, man, adversity and struggle is going to hit you. And you got to learn to control your your mind and your emotions, man, so you can handle that adversity. Um, so when kids do good, man, I hype them up because doing good is great. And them kids and just people in general need to feel love, compassion, and, you know, that somebody has confidence in them. But at the same time, when they're doing bad, man, you got to love on them harder because you're never as good as you think you are, but you're never as bad as you think you have it either. Um, and that gives you hope that it's always fixable, man. Man, that's so good, man. The way you treat people, AJ, period. It just matters, man. The way you talk to people, the way you show up to a job interview, the way you present yourself, it just matters. And here's the thing, man. If we will do the heart work, heart, my heart, if I'll do the way, Absolutely. if I'll do my heart work, when when I'm tested, man, bro, when all that stuff you're talking about, all that stuff, when it happens, it's too late at that moment to try to get all these, to get my strong foundation. It's too late when I'm faced with a layoff, right? It's too late to try to stand on my values and my virtues if I don't have them, right? That is the moment that I need them. And the path to purpose is simply to say, hardships, they're coming. Frustration, it's coming. Anxiety is coming. All these things, bro, it's going to happen. And when life starts life, we want to see you be at your very best. And by instilling values like control and discipline and all these little tips and tricks and tools, and tr all of that is stuff that I'm still working on to this day. I'm no master. I don't have a master's degree. I'll tell you what, if there was one, I got a master's <laughs> degree in pain, bro. I got that. I got that. Right. We have a PhD in that thing. Bro, I got I got all those fancy letters. Okay. <laughs> but here's the thing. Like I'm still working this out. I'm still, I'm still to this day growing and maneuvering and shaking. And the whole idea behind this is that, hey man, we're some guys who's been in some different seasons, some different places, right? That's learned some different things that's come together to say for you, the listener, man, it don't have to be this way. Like it don't, that struggle, man, it's just a small blip on the grand scheme of life, man. And if we'll start to do the small things now that when we get faced with the big things, it doesn't, it doesn't minimize it, but it makes it easier to deal with. Yeah, man. And you know, it's, it goes back, you know, what I said earlier, man, about, 
you got to let your mind be stronger than your feelings and emotions because when adversity strikes, you're going to feel some kind of way initially when that husband or wife tells you they don't love you no more and they're mm. leaving. Your first reaction may be, hopefully it ain't, I'm going to end up on a Lifetime movie doing something dumb, but it may be rage. It may be depression. It may be go drink a fifth of whiskey. It, it, it may be sprint out the door and, you know, just leave it all and act like it never happened, man. I've heard all sides of it, but you have to be able to hear it and you have to be able to control your words and your emotions and your thoughts during times like that or else you're going to do something crazy and overreact man and end up costing yourself in the long run and you know wanna, man it's you know i want to and, and hold your thought i want to i want to yeah. i want to get this out so i don't lose it and then we'll come so i want to put that in perspective so i worked offshore on drilling rigs 10 and a half years man uh seven years ago the bottom fell out of the oil field Two hundred thousand jobs were lost mine was one of them I want to describe what doing the small things well, how that plays out in someone's life and how the opposite side plays out. So in the oil field, I used to laugh at my wife and I would tell her we made fantasy money because uh, I made really, really good money. And it was easy to stay on top of everything and stay out front because I wasn't even home half the time that she wasn't spending no money around here. And it was just like, um, we were, we did really, really well during that time. And so we were good with our money. We did the smart things. I paid my tithes at church. We helped nonprofits. We helped build things, churches and other countries we were sending. I mean, all, and so, and, and, and we didn't live in a too big of a house, too big of a car, but there were guys, AJ, there were men who lived the oil field dream and they would go out and they had all the fancy cars, all the ATVs, all the SUVs, all the campers, all the big houses, all the women. And when the bottom fell out of the oil field, there was guys like me who shed a tear because it was the end of an era for them. But I brought something out of the oil field. I had a house an old farmhouse on 25 acres, AJ, paid for. And I could walk home and I had some savings and I knew that God had set me up for success, but I knew it was through my obedience, the small steps. And then here's the tragic side, AJ. I knew men. My father worked alongside men who put a gun to their head. Because when the oil field ended, they lost their car, they lost their house, their wife left them. It, it was tragedy, and they put a gun to their head. And now today, they're not here to see this, 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 you know, this new football season to be excited about. Mm -hmm. They're not here for it, right? There's no chance of redemption after that. And so it's a prime example of what control, right, and setting yourself up for success can look like through making solid decisions. And that goes, you know, back to the, you know, your mind has to be stronger than your feelings and emotions because uh, when you get in that nice check 
and all you're seeing is dollar signs and you think you're going to ride that way forever. And, you know, this is this is it, man. I got my dream house. I got my dream girl. I got my big F-250 jacked up truck. I got my side by side. I got my fifth wheel camper. You know, I, I understand, man. And, you know, if you're not in control of your mind and doing the small details, being intentional with your thoughts and your emotions, you're going to make bad decisions because you're caught up in the emotion and feeling of you see a $15,000 check hitting the bank every two weeks or whatever right. it may be. Right. I'm going to go spend 20 grand this month, man. I still got 10 left over, da, 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 da. But if you're thinking how you were thinking, being intentional, controlling your thoughts in the midst of, and it ain't all you got to control your thoughts and minds and seasons of losing, uh, your thoughts and feelings and emotions and seasons of losing. You got to control your thoughts and feelings in seasons of winning, just like you were winning. And then the oil field tank, and then the people who were not in control of their thoughts and feelings and emotions, they lost it all. Um, but, you know, I think about that, too, man, like with professional athletes, like, you know, they get all this money and they sit there and, you know, they're winning in life. They're winning on the court. They're winning on the field and in the bank. And then their career's over and then they're homeless because in their season of winning, they lost the discipline and control to control their thoughts and emotions to think about their future, to plan for the future. They wanted to go buy all different kinds of cars and houses and impress the Joneses down the street, and then they're left with nothing. So it ain't just about controlling, having self-control and control in seasons of losing. It's also about having that discipline and self-control in seasons of winning. Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. And the win, the win, bro, when I look at Michael Jordan, dog, when I look at Michael Jordan, I think of, remember the flu game? Mm -hmm. so, 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 so when I think <laughs> of Michael Jordan, I think of the fight. People think of all the rings, man, pretty rings, and they want to compare, you know, him to LeBron and LeBron to him and not all about the – man, I think of the fight that dude had to fight to get all those rings to become the greatest because here's the thing. Michael Jordan wasn't all that sweet. Like, I mean, he was he was a great player. Now, he would have smoked me. Like, I mean, but – He was but, relentless relentless he was relentless at the game and he talked about how much how much failure he had experienced in his lifetime and he's like that's why I succeed man I failed over and over and over and over I've missed so many shots missed so many game-winning shots been laughed at ridiculed he's been benched he's had coaches telling he's not good enough he'll never be right and now he's the greatest to ever do it. That right there, AJ, that's different. That comes from a place. Man, that comes that comes from grit, right? That comes from heart, from being relentless. But a problem in today's age with this, um, it's so easy to not have to do that anymore. It's so easy to leave, man. It's so easy to quit. It's so easy to walk off. It's so easy to turn your back. And, you know, I contributed to that to many different factors, but I want to encourage somebody today, like, that's not the way it has to be for you. Like, you have control over you, the, the book behind me, you owe you, man. Like, you, you owe yourself the things in life that you want. Like, and here's the thing, man, bro, I know what it's like to lose. 
I know it. That's why I'm not afraid of it, man. I'm not afraid of it anymore. And when we'll do that, I think we'll find ourselves in miracle territory more often than not. For sure, man. And, you know, speaking on the MJ thing, one of the biggest, you know, where I got that your mind has to be stronger than your emotions and your thoughts and your feelings is uh, from his trainer. I read a lot of his books, Tim Grover's his name, and he is like a mental executioner. I mean, he dives like he don't even he was a personal trainer and this dude sit like Mess back in the day in the 80s or 90s, email after email to the Chicago Bulls. He saw that they were losing. They wasn't, you know, able to finish in the playoffs. They would always tank at the end of the season. He was like, y'all need a strength program. Well, guess who saw the adjustment that needed to be made? Michael Jordan. He was like, my legs are getting tired in the fourth quarter. Uh, I, You know, after game 70, man, I'm gassed. Like, I got to do something. I'm getting beat up. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm getting punished out there on the court. I need to get stronger. So, Tim Grover got his in as one of the best NBA trainers of all time with Michael Jordan. And now he's known as Michael Jordan's trainer. And he's written two books. One's called Winning. One's called Relentless. I read both of them, man. Great books, highly suggested uh, for anybody, man. You want to execute in business. You want to execute in life. Um, you know, you want to take you to the next level. Read this man's books, man. He's a great follow on Instagram, too. Very insightful. And, uh, you know, that is one of the things. He was like, you have to be a, a controlled assassin, not just about stuff that you get excited about, but you got to get you got to be a controlled assassin to run on them Chicago winter mornings when it's dang snowing and everybody else is inside taking days off work because running in that cold weather, that blizzard-like conditions where your thumbs and toes are numb and you just out there and it's like you're a psycho, that mental strength you get by checking that I did this today off your list when everybody else was sleeping, that's going to give you the confidence to take that game-winning shot even though you may have on a Wednesday night when you may have failed on a Tuesday night and give you the courage and strength to keep showing up. And in my mind, bro, that's the key to life. Any control, any discipline, any power, you just got to keep showing up after you fail. But to be great, you also got to keep showing up after you win. And that's one thing about Michael Jordan that people love. The dude wasn't satisfied. He was like Tom Brady of basketball, man. They're not satisfied with one Super Bowl, one NBA. They wanted every one of them as long as they were showing up to play the sport they wanted to be the champion at the end of the year and what kind of control does it take when you're winning to keep that motor up man that's how you really get to the next level in life dude is like everybody wants to do self-development growth when they're not really winning in life it's the people who's winning at life that keep doing it that keep showing up that keep executing even though they're on the top of the mountain man Whoa, whoa, man. That's it, man. That is it. Like we are out of time. And that was the mic drop. You gave me the title for today. Controlled Assassin. That's the title of this podcast. And so I, I like that, bro. Having Being a controlled assassin looks like when your life just tanked and you're able to walk out the front door with your head high. You're able to walk through 
Walmart, simple things that'll take a man's pride out after being, he don't, he don't want to see, be seen in public, bro, because humiliation, a politician that's fallen from, from grace, somebody that just can't, a controlled assassin says, I'm down, but bro, I'll be back. Not doing, not doing the heart work just when things are down but doing it when they're up too. It's a fight to get better, man. Always, always, always keep that let's go energy. And keep that motor go energy all the way turned up, baby, and keep showing up. Yes, sir. Yes, sir.